Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. We're in Hosea chapter 1, Old Testament. Some of you have to go to table contents at the beginning and find out where that is. That's fine. Jump in there. Get it. Pull it up on your smartphones. Hosea chapter 1. Aaron's going to read our scripture for us this morning. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Bere. In the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom. For the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel. For in just a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And on that day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. She conceived again and bore a daughter, and the Lord said to him, Call her name No Mercy, for I will have no mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow, bow or by sword, or by war, or by horses, or by horsemen. When she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, Call his name not my people, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, it shall be said to them, Children of the living God. And the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together, and they shall appoint for themselves one head, and they shall go up from the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Wonderful. So interesting passage of scripture, huh? Not, not one we normally look at in churches. We're going to tell this story of Hosea for the next six weeks. And it's going to be kind of like, like a series. If you, if you watch Netflix, it's a release, but you can't watch the other ones till the next week. So we're, we're not going to binge watch Hosea. We're going to watch it week by week by week. And I'm going to try, I actually rewrote my sermon about 20 minutes ago. I'm going to try to keep you each week in the story and not jump you ahead to what's going to happen. Because I want us to feel the story of Hosea and understand it and, and kind of live each week in this. And, and as part of this series, we have videos that will show that will help capture this. And here's what I'll tell you. If, if you're not here in some of these weeks, we do have a podcast, but, part of the, but some of this won't be on the podcast. So do your best to get here as we immerse ourselves in this story of the book of Hosea. So let me, let me get you some history. And anyone like history in here? Okay. Well, the rest of you... Too bad. You're going to get it for a few minutes. Because you have to understand the history to understand this book of Hosea and what's happening here. So, God forms a partnership with a group of people. And he starts that partnership with a man named Abram, who who changed the name to Abraham. And out of Abram came this group of people called the Israelites, the the kingdom of Israel, the Hebrew people. And your Bible follows them. That's what your Old Testament is, is following this group of people. And so Abraham has a son, as promised by God. His son is named what? Help me. Isaac. Okay. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons, and the 12 sons end up in Egypt. And over the next hundred years, couple of hundred years, grow into a multitude of people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites. And 
these 12 brothers, these 12 children, as they start having kids, it forms 12 different tribes. So you have this nation of Israel composed of 12 tribes representing the 12 brothers that were the, the founding of their country, their nation. Okay, over the years, that, that tribe, the, the, the country grew, and you had this nation of Israel. And anyone heard of King David? A guy named King David, David and Goliath, we heard of him? Okay, this is how we work it at Hill City. You got to talk back to me, all right? This is a conversation. So King David is, organizes these 12 tribes, expands their territory, and King David is the height of the, the, the time for Israel. He conquers their enemies. Israel has peace in the land. Their, their land, the, the land that they occupy, is a long, narrow strip of land. Let's, let's just picture Florida without the little curves straight. And these 12 tribes make up this nation of Israel. Well, after King David died, his son was named what? Solomon. Solomon built a temple. And then after Solomon came trouble. The king started getting worse and worse and worse, and eventually it led, 200 years later, to a civil war among these 12 tribes of Israel. And they broke apart, and so they, the kingdom was divided. Instead of one kingdom of 12 tribes, all the nation of Israel, the kingdom was divided. You had the north and the south. The northern 10 tribes were called Israel, and the bottom two were called Judah. Now, if you know the story of the Bible, and you're going to find the northern kingdom eventually gets conquered by Assyria, the southern kingdom of Judah remains, and that's the kingdom that Jesus comes out of. So when we find Jesus, the Israelites, those are the, that's the southern kingdom of Judah. Okay, so the book of Hosea finds 200 years after the civil war, you have the northern ten kingdoms of Israel, the two southern kings of Judah. The book of Hosea comes with Hosea speaking as a prophet sent to God to this northern kingdom of Israel, not to the southern kingdom of Judah. Judah has its own prophets. Isaiah would be one. Hosea speaks to this northern kingdom that is very, not very slowly, very rapidly spiraling into chaos, eventually leading to their demise. Hosea is a prophet that has come to speak to them, to give them one last opportunity to come back to God and, and avoid the devastation that will come to them. Hosea comes, he, he lives with them, and, and the book of Hosea is a collection of Hosea's writings over 25 years, the nation of Israel. And so Hosea is, at the end of his life, writing his history and the history of Israel, and that's what you have as the book of Hosea. It's a collection of his writings. Now, as we want to understand this story, you're going to find there's a couple of stories going on in this book of Hosea. There's a story with Hosea and his wife, Gomer, that we're going to look at today. And that story, it, it's a big part of the theme, but it's not the main part of the book. See, the, the idea is that this story would illustrate a bigger story. So, so you'll see the story of Hosea and Gomer, but it should actually like launch you into a bigger story of what God is doing with Israel and all of creation. So there's multiple stories going on. Okay, so, so as you read the book of Hosea, as we get into this, here's what you have to remember. This is history. These are real people at a real time and a real place. And as you read the story, it's not just about them. We have to read it in the historical context of your whole Bible. And that's what we'll try to do. Because it's a weird story, especially at the beginning. Let's jump in. Verse 2 of Hosea 1. 
When the Lord first spoke to Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, and I quote, Go take yourself a wife of whoredom. Thanks for coming to Hill City. You all just met, right? <laughs> what do you do with that? Go take for yourself a wife of whoredom. He goes on, and have children of whoredom, for the land, that's Israel, commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So automatically we are thrust into this story of Hosea and his wife Gomer, but from the very beginning we see it's meant to mirror a bigger story. Mary, Gomer, because... Israel is wandering away. Let's try to make sense of this. Here's the first question some of you are asking. Did God actually say you need to go marry a wife of whoredom? Yes, he did. Now, here's what we don't know. This book is written at the end of Hosea's life. He's looking back. I don't know. Did God, is that like word for word what God told him at the beginning of his life? Hey, Hosea, he's, he's 25 years old, young man. Hey, Hosea, I want you to go take a wife. I want you to marry this girl who will play the whore. I don't know. Or is Hosea looking back at the end of his life, seeing how it all played out, acknowledging that God led him to marry Gomer, who ended up playing that role? I don't know. I don't know. But either way, here's what Hosea wants you to see. He didn't mess up and marry Gomer on accident. God was in it. God was, had orchestrated this because the goal of Hosea was this story would point beyond him to a bigger story. That somehow for Hosea, the best way for him to minister and love this nation of Israel is for Hosea to feel what God is feeling and for Hosea's life to display the story that God is living in with Israel. One of the things that I believe very firmly we see over and over here is our calling comes out of our story. And I see that with Hosea. He's going to experience hell in his story. But in his story, God is going to use that to communicate a calling and, and, and to communicate something to people through him. One of the things as we did these baptisms with people, here's what I promise you. If we, as we follow them the next few years, their calling, their passion will come from their story. And that's many of you. Your calling comes from your story. And so Hosea marries Gomer. Now what a name for a girl, right? Gomer. I always picture Homer, and I'm trying not to do that as I do that. So here's what Hosea did. Hosea stood up on, in, in front of a group of people. And, and in the tradition of Israel, and I almost brought it to, I decided not to, there would have been a prayer shawl over the top of him and his wife. And him and his wife, Gomer, would have stood underneath this prayer shawl, and they would have proclaimed to one another that I take you as my covenant partner. I'll take you till death to his part, right? To have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death to his part. Hosea said that to Gomer. And Gomer stood over here and said, And I, Gomer, take you, Hosea, to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward in sickness and in health. For, 
she would have said the vows of her covenant. And Hosea and Gomer are joined together in this covenant called marriage. And God wants Israel to see this covenant. So Hosea is a prophet. Like he's, he's number one big guy in the nation of Israel. Everyone knows who he is. And so imagine the whole multitude of Israel coming together to watch their prophet, God's man, get married to his wife. And they watch this covenant. Because God has a marriage. So here's what happened. When we hear the word covenant, we have to understand this idea of covenant to understand the story. When you hear covenant, I want you to think of this. I want you to think of partnership. See, the story of the Bible is one of covenants. It starts in Genesis chapter 1 where God creates Adam and Eve and he makes a covenant with them. He says, all of the earth, everything I've created is yours. It's yours. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Help my creation flourish. That's what he tells them. He makes a partnership, a covenant with Adam and Eve. Well, it takes about two chapters, and Adam and Eve say, yeah, we don't want that. We want to be our own God. And so that covenant's broken, and because of that covenant broken, now all of the world is, is, is thrown into chaos and destruction and brokenness and death and sickness. And God could have left it there. He could have. But one of the things we know about God is he is committed to redemption, to redeeming his creation. And so God, that first covenant was broken by the people. And so God steps in and he establishes a new covenant with a guy named Abram, Abraham. He makes him some promises and he says, Abram, I'm going to pull you out of this world of chaos and you are going to be now my representative of me redeeming this world back to myself. I'm going to make a covenant with you. I will protect you. I will make your name great. I'll give you lots of kids. You will thrive, Abraham, because I'm making a covenant with you and you will help me reclaim this creation. And so Israel, becomes the nation of Israel, makes a covenant with God. God stands before Israel. And here's one of them. We can read several of them. This is Exodus 6. Here's what he says. I am the Lord. And Israel, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Listen to this wording. I take you to be my people. It's a marriage. It's a wedding. I take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. God has wedding vows. He gives wedding vows to Israel. Now, there's multiple places. I could pull out several different vows that he gives them. But for time, I won't. And then Israel over here, they receive these vows from God, and here's how Israel answers. This is Exodus 19. All the people answered together and said, I do. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. It's a wedding. It's a partnership. It's a covenant. But if you know the story of Israel, it's a story of humanity. They didn't remain faithful. And so God is writing to his bride in the book of Hosea, calling them back to himself and naming the fact that they have been adulterous. They've broken the covenant. 
So he tells Hosea, take Gomer, and she will hurt you. She will leave you. Why do I want you to do this? Because that's what Israel has done to me. Verse 3. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel. Jezreel means God scatters. That's what that name means. Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I will put it into the kingdom of the house of Israel. Do you hear that? I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom. And on that day, I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. So Hosea and Gomer have a son together. And it's assumed that their early days of marriage were just, were, were like any early days. And we have a lot of newlywed couples here. Um, and and the, the early days of marriage are great. They're new, they're exciting, they're fun. Uh, like today, when you come to church, newlywed couples say, hey, honey, what do you, you want to do today? I don't know. You want to go watch a movie? Sure, let's do that. Then we have parents that are like, what are we doing today? Naps. Very quickly, you lose that freedom. But the early days of marriage are so fun. So fun. Not that parenting's not. Um, but it's, it's good. And it's assumed that they have these days. And they have a son together. And God tells them to name their son Jezreel. Which is probably not a bad name back in, in those days. But this name means something. It, need, it means the Lord will scatter. See, God's communicating to Israel, if you do not stick with my covenant... You will be scattered. And the history of this is Assyrian Empire will come and scatter them. This is where it gets weird. Verse 6. She conceived again and bore a daughter. And the Lord said to him, call her name No Mercy. Can you imagine me and that girl? As, as my wife and I were having kids, I, I was a teacher for several years, and I always felt bad for the students, like the first day of school, you know, the teacher's calling your names, and, and you, maybe you have a name that's on your birth certificate, so it's in, your, it's, you know, it's in the teacher's handbook, but you go by another name, anyone, is that anyone? And so the first day of school, the teacher's, is so-and-so here, and you're like, no, that's me, but I actually go by this. Anyone have that? So when, when, I, when we had our daughters, I told my wife, whatever we're going to call them, that's going to be their name. I'm not going to make them go, anyone with me, yes, you're with me on that. Can you imagine this girl's first day of school? Teacher's doing roll call. Yeah, Johnny, here. Sally, here. No mercy, here. <laughs> call her no mercy, for I will have no mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. But I will have, I will have mercy on the house of Judah. So God is proclaiming this northern kingdom of Israel. They're done. But he says, he's been faithful to his covenant with the nation of Israel. I will be faithful. I will save a, a remnant few of them, the house of Judah. That's what he says to him. I will have mercy on the house of Judah and I will save them, the Lord their God. Those of you that were with us through Luke, look at this next sentence. If only the Pharisees would have read this part of their Bible. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. God's going to save. He's going to bring someone to save Israel. It's not going to be through war and through battle. So they have one child, Jezreel. 
They have another, no mercy. And then Gomer leaves. She walks away. Verse 8, when she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name not my people. For you are not my people. And I am not your God. So the time went out in Hosea's life. He has another son, but this son is not his. That's why God says, call him not my people, because it's not Hosea's child. She's left. She, standing in front of her friends and relatives, said to Hosea, I'm making a covenant with you to have and to hold from this day forward to death to his part, and she has broken it. She's left. She's gone. And the result of this is a tragedy that Hosea came to understand. And this story is meant to propel us to a bigger story. And as you can imagine, the people of Israel watching their prophet, like their hero, be left by his wife and watching his wife go make a mockery of him by having relationships with lots of other men. The idea is that God in that would tell them like, hey, do you see? Like, you're Gomer. As we do this series, we have a collection of videos that help tell the story. Because One of the things that's tough about reading the Bible is we can read these as like fairy tale and forget, no, it's like real. It's real people, real place, real Hosea, real Gomer. And if we read them as just like this fairy tale, we, we can be separated from the pain and the loss and the heartache and, and the trauma, the 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 drama of the story. So we have some short films I hope will help you relate it to everyday life. Let's watch this and we'll keep going. One of the things that the Bible does that I love is it tells us the truth. Tells us the truth of the human heart, the human condition. And the Bible can be very matter of fact, right? Take for yourself Gomer and she will have a life of whoredom and and we can read the matter of fact and forget that there's hurt and loss and anger and pain and Hosea being a prophet I mean this is a public embarrassment for him and though the theme of this study on Hosea is not marriage and it's not divorce the reality is is leaving as part of this story And I I have to acknowledge that in the midst of this crowd, both gatherings at Hill City, there are many of you that have been through the hell that is divorce. There are many of you that right now are struggling through marriages that you feel may be done. And the Bible, like, God wants to join you in that. So as we read the stories of the Bible, it's not this, like, oh, let's just pretend there's no pain in the world. and let, No, it, the, the Bible's really accurate about that. And I'll tell you, this may be really difficult for you this season. I was talking um, for the first gathering. Guy went up and said, hey, man, how, how's it going? And uh, he's like, yeah, like, what's up? My wife told me last week she's leaving. And I saw that look on his face. Loss, grief, anger, betrayal. And there are people here that felt it recently. You're feeling it now. 
Emily and I got to sit with a gal over the past year or two off and on that, that has went through this and just to have her come and weep and us weep with her and not try to give her some, some Bible verse on a coffee cup to make the pain better. Just weep with her. Just cry with her. See, if we're going to understand God's story, the story of redemption, we got to feel death. We've got to feel pain. We've, we've got to feel loss. And Hosea, for him to love Israel, he needed to feel death and loss and betrayal. Because, see, Hosea's story is Israel's story. And Israel's story is our story. It's the story of humanity. That God desires to be in a covenant partnership with humanity to, work, to, to, to bring flourishing to this world. And humanity said, nah, we'll chase after other lovers. Power, money, status, sex. The list goes on. Like, that's our story. It's a human condition. And the book of Hosea, I think it wants you, I don't think, it wants you to feel that story. It wants you to feel that story in the world. It wants you to feel that story in your life. That, that sin, that, that our, our wandering away breaks the heart of God. And not in this sense of like God has a bad ego and he, like he, needs, he needs you to love him for him to feel good about himself. Not in that sense. But God, this loving husband, and Hosea, this loving husband, watches his wife leave. And he knows what's coming for her. And that's what I want you to see about the heart of God. It's not that you hurt God's feeling because you did something. No, it's that God loves you and knows where that will lead you. Because he's seen it generation after generation after generation. Just in the story of humanity, how many new generations of men in power in leading countries have said, we're going we're gonna to conquer, we're going to take control, and there are victims and genocide in the wake of that. Every generation. The same cycle plays itself. How many times do men of power say it doesn't matter, women are for my pleasure, and they hurt them generation after generation after generation? How many times has God seen greed wreck lives generation after generation? And so the book of Hosea brings us into this narrative that God's felt for generation after generation and his desire to see humanity flourish and live the way he's called them to live in a covenant partnership with him. So in the book of Hosea, we have a real picture of the heart of man, of your heart. And you're going to see a very clear picture of the, God, the love of God. So what do you do with this? Well, here's what I'm not going to do today. I'm not going to give you good news. you got to come back the next few weeks. I told the first guy, and I actually changed my sermon. Last gathering, I gave him some good news. I told him, you guys are going to be depressed when you leave. Because here's what I want to do. This is part one of the story of Hosea. And as the, as, as the film of Hosea is going and the credits begin to roll, you don't know what's happening. Let's, let's say you don't know what's happening next week. Like, I want you to feel it this morning. The look on Hosea's face, or on that man's face of betrayal and loss. Like, I want you to feel that. So here's the, why? Because all through this crowd, 
we have stories of death and brokenness. And I don't know yours, but I guarantee you we have it and we share it. Many of you, most of us, as you came in this morning, have stories of addiction. I don't know what it's to, but you have it and you know it. Right now you're thinking about it. And that addiction feels to you like death. And you've asked God a hundred times, please take this away. You've promised God, okay, God, I promise this will be a lot. Like you've done that. But it has a hold on you. Some of you are paralyzed by fear. It's paralyzed by fear. And it feels like death and brokenness all around you. It feels like loss. Some of you have shame that you just swim in as you came in this morning. Some of you watch these stories and say, well, that's great for them, Hood, but you don't know what I've done. Yeah, I do. We've all done it. I do know what you've done. It's called the story of humanity. But sometimes I think it's good to feel it. Like, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to give you some empty platitude coffee cup verse so that you don't have to feel your pain. Sometimes the best thing to do is actually to feel the brokenness, to feel the weight. Some of you have kids who are wandering, who've wandered away from faith, and it tears you apart. And I can give you some coffee cup verse to try to fix it, but I won't. Because it sucks. It's hard. And that's the story of Hosea, part one. Of Gomer leaving him, chasing after other lovers, having other children with other men, and Hosea left, ridiculed, alone, angry, hurt. One of the things that I absolutely love about our church and my job and my favorite thing to do is to jump right in the middle of stories of death. I love it. Right in the middle of pain and shame and heartache because I know the story ain't done yet. And that's what I told these people today getting baptized. is like, yeah, there's stories of heartache and death. And I hope you read them. hope you read their stories. But there's resurrection. Verse 10, yet the number of children of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it is said to them, you are not my people, it shall be said to them, children of the living God. And the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and they shall appoint for themselves one head and they shall go up from the land for great shall be the day of Jezreel. So we are left in the story of Hosea part one with Gomer leaving him and chasing after other lovers. And the question is, what will Hosea do? I'm not going to tell you. That's next week. And the question, what will we do? So here's the reality. Humanity, we break our covenants. What we need is a new covenant, not founded on us and our faithfulness, but founded on someone else and their faithfulness. That's a hint of what's coming. Let's pray together.